Welcome to Magic Story Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm your other host, Harless. We both work on magic at Wizards of the Coast. We don't work on the story, but we work with the people who do. In this podcast, we recap magic story and condense it into easy to consume episodes. And of course, it wouldn't be magic without flavor text. So we'll give you our thoughts as well. This season, we are talking all about Dominaria United. Join us as we head into the multiverse. Welcome back to the Magic Story Podcast. This season, we are diving into Dominaria United, which is a five-part story. Today, we're talking about episode three, The Locked Tower by Langley Hyde. For those of you who missed episodes one and two so far, Natalie's going to give a quick recap, but we do recommend you go back and listen so that you understand the full nuance of these stories. Yeah, so in episodes one and two, um, in Dominaria United's story, we follow a planeswalker named Karn. And he is a magical humanoid machine, and he's trying to prove that an infectious mechanical species called the Phyrexians are at large once again. He finds proof of this in episode one. In fact, he finds Shieldred, a mother of these machines, on Dominaria, which is Magic's homeworld, by the way. Armed with this knowledge, Karn teams up with Ajani in episode two. And Ajani is a fellow Leonin planeswalker, as well as Jaya, Joda, and Teferi. They try to mobilize Dominaria to militarize against the Phyrexian threat. But unfortunately, Dominaria is at civil war with itself and doesn't truly believe Karn that the Phyrexian are a threat. The only ally Karn has is Sten, leader of New Argive, one of Dominaria's countries. When the Phyrexians attack the political council, Karn, Sten, and his fellow planeswalkers barely escape through Joda's portal magic, and they're separated from Ajani in the process. They seek refuge into Sten's chosen location, an ultra-secure watchtower in New Argive called Argivia. When they were escaping, some sort of Phyrexian creature had managed to escape with them. And this is where we left off last episode. All of our Planeswalker friends are trapped into this watchtower under lockdown with a Phyrexian creepy crawly somewhere in this tower. And to make things worse, since Karn is the only Planeswalker immune to the Phyrexian influence, he's surrounded by humans, and any one of them could have unknowingly been infected. So there's no one Karn can trust. And this is apparent in the very first sentence in this episode. He wishes to be alone. We've gotten to know Karn quite well these last few episodes. We know he can be proud. Last episode, we even saw him get a little hurt over no one believing him that the Phyrexians were here. So he's very much human despite being a literal machine. And here in this moment, trapped in a locked watchtower with a Phyrexian, surrounded by humans he cannot trust, He's almost reminiscent of the before times when he was just researching by himself not just a few episodes ago. After all he's been through, almost getting annihilated by Rona, crushed by rocks for a few months in a cave, questioned by his friends and Dominarian politicians, attacked again by Phyrexians, Karn just can't seem to catch a break here. Yet, he's the only one he knows he can trust. That must feel so isolating. Just this sudden paranoia over who else he can trust in this tower. Even the planeswalkers he once considered his friends, he can't trust anymore. Yeah, paranoia is actually a really great description of the overall theme of this episode, Nat. We're going to see that pop up a lot. It's a classic horror trope, actually. You know, trapped in a location with no escape, with a group of friends, and any one of you could be not you. So you don't know who's going to turn on who first. 
it's very familiar and it's very scary. I mean, let's not forget, there's a Phyrexian in here. It escaped with him through Joda's portal. Now, obviously Karn isn't going to trust any one of these humans with the location of the Silex. The Silex is, as a reminder, an artifact that houses the secrets to destroying the Phyrexians. Only Karn knows where it's hidden. In last episode, he hid it on the mana rig in secret. He didn't let anyone see him do that. He snuck away really quick. He even um, got like further away from them so he could use his planeswalker magic without any of the other planeswalkers detecting it, that he was planeswalking away. But Karn's companions in the Watchtower, Jaya, Sten, Teferi, and especially Joda, are really frustrated that Karn's not going to tell them where he hid it. Teferi kind of gets it, since he was the one who found out that planeswalkers are vulnerable to Phyrexian influence, but the others continue to reluctantly accept his secrecy. Right, so just to remind everyone, if you are a Phyrexian sleeper agent, you don't know you're a sleeper agent. So to everyone, they're perfectly fine, and Karn's distrust in their own soundness is kind of insulting to them. I mean, Karn can come off a little bit like, I'm better than you because I'm immune. He doesn't mean it that way, but I think to the other Planeswalkers, I could see how that would be frustrating. Yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> I mean, to me, I see it more from Karn's perspective. These other Planeswalkers are almost acting like children, throwing a tantrum because he doesn't trust them, but they could be infected and not know it. Of course he's not going to trust them until he knows for sure. It's a very logical thing of him to do. Plus, they have bigger things to worry about. The Phyrexians could be anywhere at this point. They know for sure at least one is here in this tower with them, and yet they're all angry about Karn not telling them where the Silex is. I think it's fair to say the tensions are pretty high between all these Planeswalkers right now. Yeah, it looks like it, but I still think Karn is being too proud and too stubborn. <laughs> what? No, Karn is trying to save them. Come on, he knows the Phyrexians better than anyone. And yet Karn working alone last time got him crushed under a pile of rocks for a few months. And if a Johnny hadn't saved him, I'm just saying... Karn is lucky to have friends. Like, Karn is really lucky to have friends. He should be a bit more trusting. Work together. Teamwork. He can't fight off the Phyrexians alone. That's fair. Sorry, I, I got a sidetracked. Harless, please continue. So anyway, arguments just like this one are sparking between the Planeswalkers in the story, too. Just everyone distrusts everyone else. Yet they know they have to deal with the immediate Phyrexian threat crawling around somewhere in the Watchtower, so they split up to go look for it. Karn and Teferi follow a blood slime trail into the waterworks storage area of the tower. There's essence of oozing Phyrexian stuff everywhere. Pipes that have eyes and teeth, for example. Lumps of flesh stuck to the walls like barnacles that have tentacles. Oh, lovely. As Karn and Teferi meander through the waterworks, they realize there's a series of vents interconnecting different parts of the tower, which is probably how the Phyrexian creature has been moving around. They actually overhear Jaya and Joda in the next room through the vents talking with one another. So Joda, he doesn't really have very nice things to say about Karn. Seems like Joda has like some sort of personal grudge against Karn. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll get into that a little bit later. So while Karn and Teferi are overhearing, or I should say eavesdropping on Jaya and Joda in the next room, they also hear the skittering of Phyrexian creatures scampering around the vents. And this creature is moving too quickly for them to follow. There's a moment here where Teferi almost apologizes to Karn for how he treated him in the past, though, which is heartwarming. And then Karn goes and ruins it. He ruins it. He totally manipulates Teferi. 
Okay, let me explain what happened. So Karn is trying to figure out who might be a sleeper agent among this group of humans, if anyone. He's doing this by revealing false locations of the Silex to each of them and making it seem authentic. So he has this heartwarming moment with Teferi and then immediately he tells Teferi that he hid the Silex in a sea cave by Teleria West. Which we know is a lie because Karn hid it on the mana rig last episode. Uh-huh, but Teferi doesn't know that. He believes Karn at his word, and Karn can watch these false locations he reveals through this scrying device to see if the Phyrexians show up. And if they do, Karn can know that person is the sleeper agent. Okay, sure, Karn. Lie to your friend's face with a chance of Phyrexians just showing up and decimating these locations over said lie. Well done. Well done. To be fair... Karn has a smidge of regret about this plan of his. He knows it's dangerous for a lot of people, but how else is he supposed to know who among this group of planeswalkers is a sleeper agent? Ugh, let's let's face it. Karn is not ever going to trust anyone, like ever again. And if his friends finds out that he manipulated them like this, he's not going to have any friends left. He's acting like a, just a ruthless machine, methodical. Maybe this is why Karn doesn't have very many meaningful relationships. Ooh, so despite his human emotions, he's just a machine deep down. Yikes, Nat. <laughs> uh, am I ruining your heroic vision of Karn right now, Harless? Karn is, it's a bit of a love-hate relationship, I'll admit that. But he is trying his best. He's trying to do the right thing in the face of a huge threat, and the only one who's actually done anything to move against the Phyrexians. I mean, remember that at the beginning of, uh, at the ending of episode one, you know, he has his entire arm in Shieldred's torso so that he can sacrifice himself with this incendiary device, right? So a little credit where it's due. Okay, yes, yes. But have, okay, there's a Phyrexian in the watchtower right now. We got super sidetracked. The, like, walls are alive with teeth and eyeballs and acidic ooze. Like, our planeswalkers are in super big trouble right now. Right. We were talking about how this creature is moving inside the vents of the watchtower, and they keep losing track of it. Well, after Karn tells Teferi the false location of the Silex, there's a shout from down the stairwell. It's Joda. Karn and Teferi burst into the scene right as a squid-like Phyrexian creature had nearly gotten the better of him. But Joda and Jaya managed to fend it off with fire magic. So useful. This creature, though, keeps splitting into halves, so it's pretty impossible to kill. You know, they shoot a fireball, it splits into two uh, fire, two different Phyrexian creatures on either side of the fireball. They hit, they split, you know, they send two fireballs, and then now it's four. It just, it won't stop. And eventually these creatures all scatter back into the vents, leaving behind nothing but slime and oil in their wake. Uh, so how many Phyrexian creatures are in this place now? Honest answer? Countless. Joda has a plan, though. He wants to develop a tracker to follow the Phyrexian organisms all split up across the watchtower. It's kind of like a compass. And with Karn's help, he manages to construct such a device, which I love the scene. I think it's so cool because he's just like, okay, I wanted to do this. And Karn's like, oh, like this, and just creates, pulls the molecules out of the air to create it. Just super casual. So the group splits up again to try and hunt down the creatures, but they quickly realize the devices aren't exactly working. The needles keep bouncing around everywhere rather than focusing on a singular target. It seems like it's just like there's one here and here and here. And so the needles just kind of bouncing all over the place. So they all reconvene. And that's when Joda notices Jaya is bleeding and she didn't tell anyone and she tries to brush it off, which is super, that's sus, right? Like that's super suspect. Yeah, they were just getting on Karn about being secretive and not being transparent about his plans. And then Jaya just tries to brush off. I was like, no, I wasn't bleeding. I'm fine. 
It's no big deal. Yeah, and and honestly, this is this is kind of um, similar to if you're a fan of zombies, every zombie movie ever, if you get bitten, you can be infected. Yes. The Phyrexians can infect you through many different ways, but getting oil into your blood is one of those ways that they could infect you. Right. Like, she could have easily, like, they were fending off a Phyrexian. She could have easily gotten, like, oil residue in that cut. Like, it, she could be super infected and she's trying to brush it off. Come on, Jaya. Yeah. The thing is, though, like, this is who Jaya is, right? Like, Jaya is this stubborn, I can take care of myself. She's independent. She's got sass every which way. Yeah. She's an independent <laughs> lady. She's not here to take orders from anyone else. If she feels hurt, she'll tell you. If she doesn't, she's going to brush it off. Also, you know, Jaya is a white haired woman. She kind of is a little bit one of a little bit older in the terms of like magic. And so I imagine, I think it's totally reasonable for her to also in this moment think I could be perceived as weak here if I if I explain this. So while it is like suspicious, I also I understand it. So there's a thump upstairs during all of this. So Jaya, Teferi, and Stin all go to investigate the sound, which leaves Joda and Karn alone to alter that device. Now to say things are tense between them is a huge understatement but we do get a candid moment to reveal why. Karn sees similarities between Joda and Urza, his creator. Also, Joda totally kind of stole Karn's girl. Wait, what? Okay, so Karn has a crush on Joyra, and while Karn was away on New Phyrexia, Joda and Joyra were in a relationship, which he found out after he got back. Hang on. So was, so was Joyra the artificer on the mana rig? Like, the one who was writing Karn all those letters? That is exactly right. So Joyra is essentially who we've kind of... She's been referred to in many of these episodes so far. She was writing Karn letters. Karn was really thinking about her a lot at the beginning of this episode, of um, this storyline. Oh. And so we really get the sense that, you know, at the very least, they're really close friends. But, you know, as we kind of read further through this story, I picked up on the fact that he has legit feelings for her. Yeah, he says, like, why else would it end? And I'm and I'm quoting here the story. It said the, that the relationship between Joda and Joyra made him feel uncomfortable or the knowledge that like, just made him feel really uncomfortable. And so why else would it make him feel so uncomfortable, right? Yeah, and he's, like, careful not to mention Joyra in front of Joda. Like, he clearly doesn't want to hear about their relationship. He doesn't want to hear about it, right? He's, he's like, you kind of, you're you're very stark. You're, um, you're like my creator. Um, but he also is thinking about the fact that they had a relationship while Karn was away. So no wonder things have been tense between Karn and Joda. That's gotta be awkward. Karn has proven that he can have very human emotions at this point, which means he can be insanely nervous to confess any sort of feelings, especially one like that to Joyra, which is a very human thing. Yeah, not to mention jealousy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You gotta wonder how Karn must feel about all this, but he can't ruminate on it. He and Joda have to work together. Karn also reveals a different false location of the Silex to Joda. This time he says it's in a warehouse in Estark. Eastark. I don't know which is right. Then the device alerts them that the Phyrexian is close. And I'm quoting here. The walls rustled with sudden movement. Creatures flung themselves at Karn and Joda. Cables outstretched and mouths seeking. Joda attempted to ready his magic, but the light around his hands was dim, flickering. He had exhausted himself from portaling them to the tower, then again from creating the locators. A half dozen creatures launched themselves at Joda, wet 
and fluttering. Now, luckily, Karn steps in to defend him, but there are just too many. Jaya is the one to rescue them. She sends a volley of flame into the room, and it's actually pretty cool in that she's able to make the flame friendly to Karn and Joda and the others, so she doesn't hurt them. Her fire centered around her, white hot, and illuminated her face. Its light cast the lines worn into her skin into relief, and the heat rippling the air caused her white hair to lash around her. Her eyes reflected the firelight. She smiled, her lips tight. Yeah, Jaya's a boss. After some of these creatures are destroyed and the rest disappear, the group reconciles that they're all right and unhurt. Joda has exhausted his magic, though, and he can barely stand up. And then they realize Teferi is missing. Sten stays to look after Joda, and Jaya and Karn go looking for Teferi. While Karn and Jaya search for Teferi, Karn reveals to her yet another false location of the Silex. To her, he tells her it's located in Cicada. They finally come across Teferi, trying to fend himself from a Phyrexian monstrosity that loomed over him like a hungry spider. Teferi has been slashed in the gut by this creature and blood is coating his robes, so it looks pretty intense. Karn pulverizes this one, but there are dozens more Phyrexians in this room. Jaya dispatches them with her fire again. And it's at this point the group realizes the Phyrexians have been using the Theron technology in the Watchtower to integrate themselves into it. The Watchtower itself is becoming a Phyrexian playground, spreading themselves throughout the whole thing and infecting it, likely using the Power Stone in its core to supply energy. With Teferi and Joda both down for the count, it's up to Sten, Jaya, and Karn to go to the Power Stone and root the Phyrexian creatures out at the source. When they have a moment alone investigating the main control panel, Karn reveals to Sten yet another false location of the Silex, the ruins of Trocare on Sarpedia. What happens next is pretty crazy. Natalie, can you read the passage to us? Sten threw his robes from his shoulders. Surgery lines, previously invisible, deepened in his skin. The buttons on his shirt popped free as his chest seemed to swell and swell, only to burst, butterflying open, ribs splayed. Iron cords poured from his torso's cavity rather than intestines, weeping mucus and blood. His face, before all this horror, seemed ecstatic, as if he had finally found his purpose and fulfilled it. He raised his head, his eyes focused upward, his lips moving as if in prayer. Hand-like claws emerged from his eyes and reached around his skull to grip it. His metallic intestines slithered across the floor, hooking into the Thran power stone, and his entire body stiffened. The power stone's light throbbed, then dimmed, as Sten consumed its energy. His mouth gaped, frozen in a voiceless whisper. Wow. And yikes. And ooh. So Sten's entire body has been turned into an antenna to communicate to Shieldred, telling her the false location of the Silex. Jaya tries to stop him, but Sten's tentacles wrap around her, choking her. Karn also tries to tear the fibers away from her, but they just keep regenerating. Teferi's too weak to use any spells, he's wounded, and Joda uses the very last of his energy to heal Teferi enough to just keep him from bleeding out, essentially. And there's only one option left open the watchtower, which they had locked down to keep the Phyrexians in, and escape. Since Karn is right there at the control panel, he's able to flip the toggle and open the shutters, releasing them from the lockdown. Cool night air from New Archivia greets them, but, well, the city... What happened to the city, Harless? Don't tell me. I'll read you what it says exactly. But along with that fresh air came noises. 
gibbering and shrieks from the city below. I mean, if Sten was a sleeper agent this whole time. And New Argivia has tons of technology that the Phyrexians could use to build themselves with. Oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Not as bad as the next part. So Karn, um, he rips Sten apart. Well, not Sten, remember. This is a Phyrexianized Sten who had been a sleeper agent and at this point is pretty much just full Phyrexian. Wait, did you say dismembered him? Yeah, so I'll read this passage to you. He dismembered Sten. No, not Sten. The Phyrexian who had killed Sten, who had completed him and taken his place with efficiency. He tried not to think about his actions. He removed bones from sockets and tossed the pieces aside as easily as stripping a chicken at a banquet. That's hardcore. Uh, disturbing is what it is. Uh, Okay, at least, okay, does at least Karn save Jaya? Yeah, Jaya is saved, thankfully. But now they're in the midst of a completely infested, Phyrexianized city? Wonderful. Well, fear not, because Karn has one more plan. Of course he does. He calls the Weatherlight. Remember the key Ajani gave him? Shanna answers and says she can be there soon. But first, they'll have to hold out until she gets there. Hmm. Karn... A heavily wounded Teferi, an exhausted Joda, and Jaya, surrounded by an infested watchtower coming to complete them. What could possibly go wrong? Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until episode four to find out what happens. Oh, there's no way they're making it out. There's just no way. We'll see. We, we have no idea how many Phyrexians might be in that city, like, below. They, yeah. They've been locked I mean, in there for a while. And Sten, by, by the way, Sten was a sleeper agent, which means who knows how long he had been working to complete his whole city of New Ar- New Argivia. Like, it could be all of it. And he was so, he was so high up in the in politics that he was at the peace talks for dominaria as a whole so you know he's not just some like captain who's just you know patrolling the streets or something he is very heavily heavily connected politically as well so he could have completed other people he could have turned the all the technology in the entire city could be could have been just waiting to turn phyrexian like all of it i mean and that's and that's crazy. Like he was the person dedicated to hunting down the Phyrexians, and all this time he was the sleeper agent. All this time he was hunting them down to give them information and let them go. Probably it, that's crazy. I I am so terrified for our planeswalkers right now because I don't I don't see how they're gonna make it out of this. Yeah. The good news is though, that as bad as it is that Sten was a sleeper agent, it wasn't one of the planeswalkers that gave the location. I know. That doesn't necessarily mean that none of them are sleeper agents, but it is a bit of hope, right? Right. Like, okay, it tells us a lot, right, where obviously Karn is important enough where as soon as he says something, it revealed a sleeper agent, right? Like, that's significant, which kind of leads me to believe, and I might be just, like, kind of guessing here, where had any of the other members been actual sleeper agents, they would have revealed themselves immediately as soon as he told them the location of the Silex, right? Or false Because that's what Sten did. Yeah, exactly. That's obviously what the Phyrexians are after. So because, and I'm guessing here, I'm hoping that none of his other companions are actual sleeper agents. He can kind of rule that out because he, like... Sten was the only one who reacted 
to the knowledge of, and it was immediate. Like he mm-hmm. reacted immediately to the false knowledge of the Silex. Yeah. Oh man. Like things, things are getting real. Like this things is, this is so quickly with the danger. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and let's not forget Karn was trapped for months down in that cave. We don't know where Shieldred is. We don't know how many followers she has. We don't know how many sleeper agents she placed. Like we don't we don't know so much. And yeah. now we know probably potentially an entire city in Dominaria has been completely tra- like complete completed uh, into f- yeah, into being Phyrexianized. That's next level. Like completing completing people cool. Like I mean, terrible, not cool, terrible, but, you know, one person at a time that can be completed, that it's at least like a slow clip. A whole city, just all at once, that's too much. And this watchtower, yeah, this, like, this watchtower <laughs> where Karn and, and Jaya and Joda and Teferi are at, it seems like kind of in the heart, like, the, like, new, like, Argivia, like, this t- watchtower seemed to be kind of its namesake, right? Like, it seems to be the central piece to the city, which means they are in the heart of this infestation, right? Like they, they're like in the power grid. They're their only hope of getting out. Imagine the power grid goes everywhere, essentially, right? Like imagine imagine that happening in Seattle, right? Like the whole power grid yeah. is turned. Then how quickly can the people that are in their home people that are in their homes who are just utilizing power? I mean we could we could be Phyrexianized through our headphones, right? If we were in this city, yeah, like it, it is. It is everywhere. They are surrounded. The literal only way to get out of this is through the weatherlight, right? And it just so happens that it's close. But is it close enough? Thank goodness. It, I'm I'm que- I'm questioning, right? Like Teferi, Teferi's powerful, but he's like barely able to even be conscious, right? Like Joda used the last of his magic to heal him and keep him from bleeding out. They're both down for the count. It's basically Jaya and Karn, right? And, and Jaya's been using a lot of fire magic too. Like Jaya's yes. not running on a full tank either of magic like she has used she has blazed entire rooms with fire repeatedly so she's not in tip-top shape either right and karn can't just you know manually pulverize every single one one at a time they're not going to line up for him effective it was right when he was trying to save jaya like the phyrexians are just so powerful they can regenerate their coils and tentacles at whim right and and they can split apart into pieces Karn's like physical capabilities of ripping apart Phyrexians aren't isn't that effective. Like he can do it for maybe one, but an entire city? I doubt it. I really doubt it. You know what I think? I think the only way that they can get away is if they somehow planeswalk out of there. That's the only way that they're gonna be able to do that. I don't know how they're gonna do that because they're low on energy. And yeah, like, I don't I mean, know how Teferi right. is going to be able to do that. Joda can't create another portal right now. That's the only way I see them getting out yeah. of this is to planes walk out. Well, we'll see what happens. We're going to have to time. stay like we're going to have to find out in episode four. We're going to have to <laughs> wait until episode four to find out. Thanks for joining us in the multiverse. Have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.